Howdy partners, welcome to the Howdy Partner podcast, um, the podcast that every week gives you tangible tips on how to improve your knowledge on partnerships. Um, I'm here with one co-host this week, Tom. Tom, hello, how are you doing? I'm good, we've already lost one. Yeah, not many episodes in and Will's decided that he's uh, he's had enough of us <laughs> this week. Um, he does have a, an excuse, I guess he's caught up at, uh, at an airport at the moment, Um yeah, airports are a, are a total crapshoot at the moment. I um, so. so and he I know he's he's in Toronto, and I'm not sure if you've heard of like the nightmares that Toronto Airport is having right now. I I traveled to Vidyard maybe a month ago, and I actually had a, a decent like you know no troubles getting in getting out. Like there's some stuff going on. Like they don't have any any staff and during the summer months, like I've heard of nightmares, like people being stuck at the Toronto airport for 25 hours. And it's weird. They've got us customs at their airport. Instead of going through customs on the way back, you just hit it there. And I, I, good luck. Will. that's all I have to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think it's the same, like all over the world, like even Salt Lake, which is usually a pretty calm airport. There's like security lines out the door. So yeah. as if the world couldn't get any crazier, you can't even uh, rely on air travel now, which is uh which is unfortunate. Let's uh, let's leave it at that. Yeah. Um, but cool. Let's get back to some of the more positive stuff. What we're really here for, what our listeners are here for, and that is that is partnership content and partnership knowledge. Um, again, cool episode we've got coming up. It's one that is often discussed, um, debated. I would say it's a fairly contentious topic. Some people believe in this, some people don't. Um, but today, I guess, really the the kind of thing that we're going to cover is is tiering. Um, Tiering partners, should you, shouldn't you, what is tiering, um, all that kind of good stuff. So by the end of this episode, you should, you should have a, an understanding of what tiering means, whether you should really be considering it for your partnership program, um, and a little bit kind of behind the curtain on, on Tom, the program that, that they're creating at Vidyard and um, some, some good stuff there. So with further ado, I'll kind of chuck it over to you, Tom, to, to kick things off. Um, and I guess let's start at like the the real basics, right? What yeah. is what is tearing in partnerships? What do what do what do I mean by tearing? I guess. Yeah, um, you can think about it much like products out there have tiered subscriptions. You know, if you you buy Spotify, you buy Vidyard. You know, there's different levels of of product features, product benefits, but you're also kind of, and I guess on that front, you're actually paying more money. And I know with some partnerships, you may charge a fee, you might not. But at its at its core, you're looking at different paths uh, for partnerships to scale and succeed with your platform as a partnership. Uh, and it it definitely takes into consideration what types of partnerships you're running, you know, technology side. So SaaS to SaaS, more of the integration pieces versus the service side. But the the principle is still the same, which is, you know, should we be launching a tiering model? What does it mean to have a tiering model and, and really what's important? So, you know, for instance, if, if I'm a top tier partner with X company, what does that mean? Uh, and, and honestly, like from a partnership lens, tiering might not even be promoted or public to, to your end partners. And that, that's okay. But what it allows your team to consider is how are you going to mature uh, have you matured enough? Because I think that's a really important piece that we'll get into. Um, but how do you see yourself scaling to the future and, and and building some specific paths that allow your partners to scale faster or maybe play a better, a more intangible role and integrated role with your team versus 
maybe something that's more like self-serve and guided where they can still get all, all the bells and whistles of a partnership. They just don't have managed people. So that's me. Yeah. 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 It's a good, a good overview. And I think in a similar way that SaaS products have, have tiers, they're pretty definable, right? Like yeah. I know if I'm in a premier tier at Vidyard, I have X amount of capability if I'm at the middle tier. So maybe dive into that for me a little bit. Like how do you think through building tiers um, as it pertains to partnership? What what things are you taking into consideration? What behaviors? Maybe just give me an idea of like, how do I build tiers and, and what are included in those tiers? Yeah, uh, good question. And there's a couple of different themes here. One of the most important themes that I am very passionate about is is like really the mindset play, uh, which I'm actually going to save for the second piece. The other side is is do you have partners that stick out as someone who is just succeeding without you even being there? Uh, they're they're clearly vested. They're clearly bought in. And, you know, the, the company is a fit for them to drive mutual revenue together. Uh, and and what, that, what that points out to me is like, wow, do we need to have a partner manager, like activate them continuously? You know, do we need live support as a continuous basis to help that, that plateau or that hockey stick growth kind of be seen faster versus just kind of sitting back and letting what's happened happen? So... It, it gets into the idea of, of like, how should you be tiering or like what, what from its like rudimentary basics, how do you build a scorecard to then run your partnerships through to see where that comes out? So you're looking at ideal company profile. Does it align with your companies? Uh, does the product, if it's a tech company, but more importantly, like what's, what's the revenue potential? How big is the partner that we're talking about? What's their, what's been their historic context to you? I, I, and I say that very importantly, like what I'm not suggesting. Thank you, Will. Sorry, my son's down here. Uh, I told him to keep. But he's he's doing his uh he's doing his regular Thanks. regular guest spot. So dude. it's uh it's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Um, the one thing I don't suggest is if you are just starting your partnership journey with your company, you're thinking about launching a partnership program. Tiering is is not for those early phases. You need to be. You need to be activating partners. You need to be getting familiar with the partnership program. You need them to get familiar with the product. And it's 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 kind of like you're a pirate and you're just sailing the waters looking to see what's out there. And that's what you really need to spend your time doing. I'd say tiering, you know, should be considered as you're maturing, you've got an established partnership base. Because then you can go in and say, you know, how is the how is the ship running? How is our team set up to help them succeed? And I'll 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 tell you quite quite bluntly, like the reason that, that at Vidyard, we are starting to consider tiering is because we don't have enough team members to activate 150 partners. Like there's just not enough time in the day. There's not enough, you know, people power to be sitting there with, you know, 40 different partners every week. You're just, you're going to, you're going to be like scratching the surface. Uh, and that's not a knock at our partners. That's just the reality of the game. It's much like being at a service agency. Are you going to keep throwing people to service more clients. And so I think that's a really important call out is that tiering is for a very mature program. Now you can start to yep. think about it. I, I, I believe when you have a scoring mechanism in place, that's a juice. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, here, you can take it upstairs. 
Okay, I gotta continue to talk because I'm talking in a podcast. Oh my gosh. Um, you've got the scorecard, right? You have a scorecard where you can run your partnerships through it, whether that's based on historic ARR, which I was kind of touching on before I, I went on that tangent. How are your partnerships doing? Uh, is I mean, clearly that's one of the most important success factors. Are they referring business? Uh, and then it's then you start to peel back the layers and you're like, how's their mindset? And mindset is a really important piece. Uh, to me, if you don't have that one plus one equals three type buy-in from the partner perspective, uh, they just see you as a vendor, uh, to be, to be fair, that, that to me is something where I'm not going to invest my time is if they're not willing to either. And sometimes that's a good thing. I mean, you know, a lot of times these, these partners are very self-serving nature and they know what they can do. So you just kind of let them run with it. But that, that mindset piece is huge. So just to kind of reverberate things to consider is going to be and how you really start to consider tiering is can you build a rubric like do you have clear data to provide that your partnerships are scaling uh do you have internal you know team issues where you can't service all these partners uh and then you know as you build that scorecard out like what's the mindset aspect because as you if you can if you see someone's up the top to your partner but they're they're assholes like what are you going to do and, and and that's a that's a really important piece and and i think it just goes unsaid too many times yeah yeah, and I think the the scorecard is an important one, but but just touching on one of the points you made at the start of like, and especially that I guess the the stage I'm at from a partnership program perspective, it's it's very much like creating a program, and I think I agree with you in the fact that like that there's no point in my mind of tiering. I mean, how do you tier right. unless you've got partners on board and you can actually assess them? Um, one thing I would say, and again, I feel like I call out Crossbeam and and reveal yes. a lot on on these calls, but. That is for me like a good indicator to at least begin to think about in your mind who is a a more strategic partner than maybe another. Um, so you can see pretty easily on on Crossbeam like okay we've got five hundred mutual customers. Yeah. For me that's like a a good indicator against maybe a, uh, another partner where we've got five mutual customers and and from there you bucket them based on like okay how much how much effort are we gonna are we gonna put into to that partner. Um, with that being said, like there's also occasions, and I'm sure you run into it at Vidyard, where you have partners that are competitors, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't mind revealing it. Like at the moment, Vidyard and Help Scout are talking about maybe a partnership, right? Yeah. Um, and, and with that, like I'm aware that for you, customer support is a, is a great vertical for you to approach. And, and with that, there's a lot of big players. There's Zendesk, there's Intercom. Um, how do you think through, or how does it differ where you've got players that all play in the same market and say if you're one of your sales reps are asked oh who would you recommend for a customer support tool how does that rubric or that scorecard play into lead sharing i guess when you have competing partners that well and that specifically is where that that like relationship building and mindset element comes in so handy because i mean every every SaaS platform out there that has partnerships launched I mean, I, I would never suggest, well, I don't know if I would suggest it or not, but you should, you should be agnostic to certain verticals. Um, and especially, I mean, like Vidyard's perspective, our, our goal is to, to be anywhere, to be everywhere. So we can't just kind of sit back and choose, you know what? Well, Zendesk is the big guy. We're going with them. Sorry, Ben. And that's actually, yeah. that's not the case. I, we want you to be a partner with ours. How dare you? Yeah, we get to talk you. more, but, but the big point there is, and, and I think it's very simplistic, um, and this is where like that partner buy-in is so important. If the partner is vested 
if they they're adaptable and they they show that there's a willingness uh, to scale with your company in a partnership, that is a really key indication as to my value and and the value that I can bring us. So it equals that one plus one equals three. And I know that doesn't math out, but that's the two X, the three X, the five X, because we're both so aligned. And a really yeah. simple way to consider this is that, you know, let's say Help Scout is, is you know, like you know that Vidyard or any other platform is not necessarily going, they're going to be pretty agnostic in your space. So they're going to have competitors that are partners. Sales teams, right? Sales teams to me are going after their targets and, and, you know, they're, they're not, they are super laser focused for you to break in the market for a sales team to be so aligned around their product and yours together as a solution, you need to pitch that to them. And so really the, 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 the products and the companies and the partnerships that can envelop the entire company and help multi teams scale and align and, and adopt and be confident in your product. Now, all of a sudden, you got teams that are not only talking about their product, but they're bringing up their product and help scout together, or they're bringing up their product and Zendesk together because they've had that education. Someone, someone can spoon feed it to them because they realize the inherent success and, and possibilities out there. So all that to say, if you, if you want to partner with someone and you know that you're, there's competitors in the space, if you're just going to sit back and let that partnership happen, or just kind of like get emails, maybe refer some business that's not the win-win mentality. And that's not, you're not, you're not going to beat your competitors to having that company really talk about you. So, so, so I think you mentioned a couple of things in terms of like what factors are important to you. So I guess one of them you mentioned was, was mindset. Mm -hmm. um, the other, the other you mentioned was kind of ICP account overlap um, again. So I guess the only question for you with like mindset and assessing your partners on like how engaged they are, how do you how do you scale that from a partnership perspective? Because when you assess mindset, it's fairly subjective, right? Like for some partner managers, mindset might mean that you're very responsive on emails and you, yeah. you jump on calls whenever they want. To others, it might mean, oh, they're a lot more engaged in like the account mapping thing and they're sending me leads. Like how do you, I guess, qualify mindset and then how do you how do you scale that up to a way where people are doing it accurately. Right. And yeah. they're, and they're actually assessing partners correctly. Um, and that's a, that is a, that is an answer. Well, that question is really important. The answer is never going to be the same for every company, but I, I think that leans into really the crutch of it is that if, if your team can build a consistent and standardized approach <clears throat> to understanding how your partnerships are working and, and working is, is, once again, two-toned. You've got, how is your partner doing? Are they referring business consistently? Do they, do they understand your product or are they like delighted by your product? Are they reaching out to you with ideas? That's one side. The other side is, are, are they like mutually bought in? Are they ghost, like simple, simple items, like ghosting you on calls, not responding to your emails, uh, not referring business. Uh, a negative attitude or like, you know, not like sending in unnecessary report support requests that you have to kind of answer to, um, always bringing up problems with the, the product. Like it, it, that's, that's stuff that everyone gets. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, kind of like the, the negative Nancy over here, but it's stuff that adds up. Right. And, and so when we take a step back, 
one of the ways that I think teams scale and understand this is one, you know, especially with partnerships, you need to, you need to be very transparent and you need to be very upfront and honest. So by building out this mechanism, right. And taking those simple items into consideration, are, do you guys have regular conversations and is it, is it fruitful? Do you have set agendas? Are you coming out of that with like a, a game plan and attack? And are you seeing that fruit, like the fruits of your labor payoff? Yes or no. Is really easy to do. The other, the other really important piece that I want to touch on there is how are you onboarding partners? Um, and it, it sounds trivial, but almost, almost building this kind of like this assessment period where, you know, if you're able to kind of like kick off the partnership, give them some homework, right? Giving them homework, go, th go through this product training video series, get certified in, in like positioning and how to sell, you know, Vidyard or how to sell Help Scout, if they're willing to invest time and go through the proper steps to essentially being confident and adopted and launched as a partnership, instead of you kind of spoon feeding that to them, that's a really good indication in terms of the long-term viability of that partnership and the long-term buy-in that they have with your, with your product. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the training LMS thing is a really interesting thing. Um, it's something that we're building into we'll build it into all of our programs, but even our affiliate program, which if people aren't aware of affiliates, like the majority of those people are just like YouTubers and blog yeah. posters and stuff like that. So they're not, they're not what you call technology or strategic partners, but like for us, what we're creating is if you watch one video on like, what is help scout, you get pushed into a higher tier. That's so we're, do we're doing that for a couple of reasons. And I think it goes back to like, it's a small ask if you want to be signed up to be an affiliate to ask you to watch a three minute video on help scout, right? That for me is the bare minimum of effort that you need to be a help scout affiliate, right? Yeah. Like you don't want to put too many barriers in, in front of people to sign up for the program. So anybody can sign up, but if you want to get moved into that higher revenue tier, when you can be earning 5% more, which is substantial yeah. from a, from a revenue perspective, just go through, learn the product um, and like show that you, that you care and, and, and actually understand what we do. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so, I, so I agree. The LMS one is, yep. is I think a really good equalizer to it, be honest. And I was just going to say, you talked about, uh, technology earlier, like the use of crossbeam, like rely on technology to help you aside from just like tiering, rely on technology to your advantage. And I, and I think it speaks to the idea of tiering is not for, you know, the, the, the burgeoning partnership program, it, it, it needs to be somewhat established, but you know, that's, and that's where you can say like, I can purchase an LMS software because the other side of this mix. And, and honestly, like one of the biggest elements to, to why you should be tiering is you've got to have some self-serve program. You have to have some aspect of, of letting, leading your partners, but letting them kind of like lead you. And by them showing investment, by them being able to educate themselves or, or gather necessary resources, you know, from day one to say, you know what, I feel pretty good. Like I can start referring this product and weaving it into our services. That's, that's amazing. And that's where, that's where you start to build efficiencies from a partnership lens that, you know, we don't need 10 people because we don't need 10, 10 active managers, uh, uh, you know, even with our lower tier partners that aren't doing anything. And that's just kind of a waste of time. Now, all of a sudden you've got this, this, you know, it's like the automated walkway that I'm sure Will is walking on at the airport right now. You put them on that, you let them walk through it. They can look in the windows and see the advertisements and then kind of pick and choose when they get off and what they do. Um, so I, I think that's, yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I, I agree. And actually 
my previous company brainstorm, we ended up like tearing our partners where we had like dedicated partner managers mm-hmm. over the top 20%. Um, and then we actually had, I think one that handled 80% of our partners because a lot of them are like just doing like 500 bucks a month. Yeah. They never want to jump on calls. And it's like at that point, unless they show, and again, I think the, the point to add there is those low tier partners, low tier partners can suddenly become high tier. Oh, there's always that potential, right? Where you can move them up a tier. I think what we're not saying is like, once they're in that lower yeah. category, there's no end in sight. We're going to forget about them because if, for example, they suddenly get their act together and there's a new partner manager and they want to do co-marketing and they want to jump on calls and they want to like that for me is again, that mindset of, okay, now you want to partner instead of just being a transactional yep. vendor type relationship. So I think that's the other point to make is like, I don't think what either of us are saying is once you, once you don't do it right, you're not in that, that bottom tier forever. There's, there's ways out of it as well. Right. Yeah. And, and just to kind of wrap up, wrap a bow on this, you know, that that's, that's really the secondary factor. I think we've, we've talked about some of the, like the ways and the mechanisms or the thought as to, you know, when or why tiering might be right for you. And, and honestly, like how, how some of the, the assets or resources that we've talked about can help you initially tier partners. And then, you know, at certain, at certain milestones, uh, long-term tier partners. Uh, and then of course, from like the relationship standpoint, how does that factor into tiering? But to your to your point, like, we're not suggesting that, you know, oh, you know what, you're a low tier partner, you're going to stay there forever. You need to be continually reviewing that, whether that's on a monthly, a quarterly basis. And and you can use that same scorecard that we talked about up front to kind of go in and say, oh, you know, wow, like XYZ partner just referred, you know, over the past quarter, five deals, three of them closed, and it was 60k in, in ARR, like, should we start to consider that they're like, now, the wheels are turning, they're starting to like, support the business and, and like, let's help them, you know, five X that. And so that to me, and I, I'm going through that right now. I see partners all the time. They're like, why don't we have, we need active managers on this. So you, know, you just got to find that time. And, and once again, as long as your team can build a very consistent and structured way to do that. Now you're not throwing a lot of variables into the mix when you've got very subjective ways of scoring that are important. And you're able yeah. to kind of like, think about that and scale at nauseum. Yeah. And, and I think just final point before we kind of wrap up here um, in terms of indicators, again, you just made a really great point in terms of, okay, partner that's in our lower tier, let's call it, that doesn't engage. Suddenly they generate a lead that, that brings 60K in for Help Scout. My first thing is emailing that partner manager and said, hey, if we can close 60 grand worth of ARR, the potential for this is huge. Let's start engaging more and creating more and moving them up tiers, right? Get them a dedicated partner manager. So I think there's always indicators that maybe even outside of like the mindset stuff and the yep. relationship stuff, there may just be like an opportunity where they chuck you through a lead and suddenly you've gained a substantial amount of revenue, which is an indicator for you to be like, maybe we should yeah. reset, yeah. right? And, Re- and move forward. Hey, was this just a blip on the radar or should we start to, to really pay attention? Um, and yeah. actually like, one of the things that I didn't cover that, that, you know, as you start to scale and mature, we talked about the ICP upfront, like how does your company's ICP align uh, in like any scoring mechanism to, to tiering partnerships, really, it should be your ideal partner profile. And, and once, once partnerships start to kind of take off and you're like, you know what, I know who I want to partner with because I've, I've seen 20 of them come through and they've been established for a year, build the ideal partner profile. Don't, don't necessarily lean on the ICP of your company, lean on the IPP of your program. Cool. No, I love it. Well, it's been fun. I think, um, everybody that's listened in has hopefully 
got a little bit more of an understanding of, of what tiering is, whether you should consider it, and ultimately how it can be a really effective mechanism to scale um, and manage partners. So Tom, appreciate the time today and hope everybody's uh, enjoyed lis- listening until, until next time. See y'all folks.